Hello, and welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with Stephanie Redliner. She is the founder of Lioness, a feminine leadership collective for executives, founders, and creative catalysts who are ready to play by a different set of roles. She's an executive coach, speaker, and teacher of feminine intelligence, which centers around somatic body wisdom, which you all know I love, pleasure, and intuition as strategies for success. She's the founder and host of the Lioness Behind Closed Doors dinner series, master coach for Mama Gina's pleasure coaching certification, and co-creator of the soon-to-be-opened retreat center, Akira, in upstate New York. Well, holy shit, Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It is so fun to be here, and yeah, I'm just so excited to dive in. I can't wait to see where we, where we go today. You were recommended to me by a mutual friend who's also just absolutely amazing. Shout out to Libby and shout out to Libby. Libby. And you came in as a guest speaker for one of my coaching containers. And I absolutely love everything that you're about. And what I, one thing I love about you is that you're a straight shooter. Like you're a New York girl. You tell it like it is. There's no fluff. And yet what you drop, the wisdom you drop is so potent and necessary information for all women. So I'm really pumped to see where we get to go today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great. So, rock and roll. so I guess my first question is, because this is the full out podcast, what does it mean for you as a woman, as a mom, as a business owner, as a multifaceted human that you are, what does it mean for you to live your life full out? I love that question. Um, Well, it just means to feel really unstoppable. You know, I talk a lot about being unstoppable, a feeling so good inside your own body that you get to create the things you want to create. You say the things you want to say, you stand for your desires and live them and go for them. You actually have the courage to live your life fully, like beyond your wildest dreams and, um, you know, and not hold back, not hold back who you are. Can we talk about desire? Because I know so so many women get like uncomfortable. They get like, and they contract and they get really squirrely. I'm going to say squirrely around pleasure and desire. Why does that happen? It's such a squirrely topic. You're right. Like it's my favorite question to ask. And it's either, I find two things, either like a woman is like this, this is, this is what I want. Um, or she's like, I don't know. I'm like, you know, riddled with self-doubt and I don't actually even know what I want. Um, so why does it happen that women get, because it's a big question. It, it like requires you to get clear inside yourself and to say things that are often scary, usually right surrounded desire. First of all, I just want to presence that a lot of times this, the word desire. So people think bedroom, but like, what do you desire? Desire has an energy around it. Very different than what do you want? That is goal oriented oriented it is like desire is around the feeling what is going to make you come alive right and so there's more emotionality behind desire than want or goal right like so it just like has a different energy around it and so I think it really like why is it scary because like often our like desires are the things that are deep inside of us and they're tender and they're vulnerable. And so it's like scary to often say the thing that we truly want because of like shit, shit ton of conditioning, because people tell us we can't, because we want to be this, be perceived this way and not do this, a whole bunch of reasons. Yes, all of the above. And I, and I really feel like I talk about this a lot that we are not taught to tap into our desires. We're not tapped 
we're not taught how to tap into what, what it is we want. We're constantly told as women, what we should look like, what you should desire out of your career or what motherhood looks like, or what we should be attaining as far as quote unquote success goes. And so I feel like so many women are like, I don't even know. I actually don't even know what it is. I want. I don't know what it is. I desire. How do you support a woman in tapping into her desires? Like every question you ask me, they're huge questions and we can talk forever on the same topic. Um, well, our bodies, our bodies are actually beautiful sig- signals for desire in two, in two ways, both that which we want and that which we don't want. Right. So a lot of times I, I like to think about when we're young, right? Like, let's say you and I were in school together and we are like, exposed to 10 different things, 10 different jobs, 10 different types of people, there is going to be things that naturally inside of me that I am drawn to for whatever reason, right? That's like our body wants, there's like a calling inside that's going to be different from you. That's going to be different than our friend in school. And that, right. So it's like, even when we're young, right, you, you start, we start to see things and we respond differently. So desires are like in, in some ways, divinely orchestrated kind of like calls within us. Um, but one of the reasons, like one of the ways that I like to work with women when, you know, figuring out what she wants, first of all, I start small. A lot of times it's like, how do you know, like, what do you want for lunch? Let's go. Let's start there. What do you want to do tomorrow? Right. Sometimes the big questions is like, what do you want to do with your life? Is like, I'm a deer in headlights. I'm frozen and I can't, you know? So really it's about like getting her used to the practice of learning what she wants, being around other women who are speaking their desires because we learn from each other and like, oh, if I hear her, if she could have it, I could have it. If she could do it, I could do it. Right. But like getting inside circles, inside places where you are sharing vulnerably and truthfully with other women is a huge place to start and very helpful. Um, and then also like watch your body. I remember one time I um, was at, I, I almost took a job at a very well-known big corporation. And I said, I was, I was like, I knew I wanted to be pregnant at the time. And I was like, oh, it has good benefits. It's good, like a very prestigious job. Everyone will know it. I'll get a lot of respect. It was like all the markers of like, you need to take this job very rationally. The second I said yes, my entire body shut down. Like I was like, I felt nauseous. I like for days, I woke up with a pit in my stomach and it was like, my body was like, no, fuck you. (laughs) Don't do that. And like, I had a choice and I ended up rescinding my offer and saying, no, right. I listened to my body, but that was like a perfect example. I was listening to what society said and like making the rational and the smart decision when actually it wasn't, it wasn't my truth. Right. So my body gave a really clear signal. So understanding what makes your body come alive and what repulses you or turns you off or shuts you down are two really good information on like how to start to think about desire. Mm, Yeah. I remember starting to really own what I wanted and what I liked. And I always had the story that I was really indecisive. I'm indecisive. I'm a Libra. I'm always trying to balance it out and figure it out. And, and one of the simplest things that I started doing was when I would go to a restaurant, I would look at the menu and I'd be like, well, do I want this? Or do I want that? Or, and I would have this crazy amount of energy spent on what do I want? Do I want the cheese fries or do I want the salad? And, and it was so much mental energy that one of the ways I started practicing 
honoring what I desired in my body and also letting go of that indecisiveness was looking at the menu saying, okay, what is the first thing that stands out to me? And then putting the menu down, sitting on my hands and saying, I am going to go with (laughs) what my gut said. And it sounds so silly and simple, but it was something that really allowed me to like flex that muscle. And so I love what you're saying with start small versus go, you know, trying to figure out these deep, deep, big, giant answers um, or answers to giant questions. And so starting with those small things is what's up. I love that. The only reason I laughed, it was like a laugh of, I've been there so many times. I'm a recovering self-doubter, right? Like, and so like, should I do this? Let me ask like 900 people what I should do in my life and like, listen to them versus listen to me, you know? So it was like, it wasn't my self, self inner strength up and like trust in myself and all of that, that I really was gotten better at it. So the laugh was, I got you, I got you sister. Oh my gosh, for sure. And and if we think about that, I mean, that, and that was just one symptom. I mean, that carried through in every area of my life with partners, with dates, with jobs, with career, with, I mean, with everything. So yeah, the energy spent there was like, not it, not optimizing my life and definitely didn't feel good. And I was outsourcing my power. Um, Now you said something about, about your career. And I actually do want to hear a little bit about your story and how you got into this work. Um, because I know that you do have this corporate background and I always find it fascinating. How did you go from corporate powerful woman in that space to being super powerful and guided by your body, guided by your desires and creating, you know, a brand and and business in the feminine leadership space? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, I, let's see, I've always been really interested in people and like understanding like my own self and how other people can thrive. I have been, that has been like through and through my career. And so I've always had careers that have been around supporting people in my own learning, like based on my own understanding about myself. And I've always been hugely, hugely ambitious. Like I do want it. I want the success. I want the financial independence. I wanted, you know, the recognition. I want the respect. I want all of those things. And I was very, very focused on that, on creating a career, like let's say 10, 15 years ago to, um, and I was sacrificing myself along the way. And so I was so focused on external markers of success, on getting all the things on paper, getting the LinkedIn, getting the notoriety, getting the thing that I was actually losing myself inside of that. And um, so it's all sort of happened con- congruently in terms of I was kind of doing my self self work. I was starting to go to women's circles and, and putting myself into spaces where people were telling their truth. And I was sort of like realizing my truth was holding and feeling really shameful. And I was just like living a like felt like I was living a lie. Right. Like I was like on the outside, I walk in and like, I look cool and successful and like, I have it all together. And on the inside, I'm riddled with self-doubt. I'm like, hate my body. I can't look in the mirror. I feel shitty about myself every single day. Right. Like, so I was like living this sort of double life in many ways. And I came across a work um, who I work with now, Mama Gina, and who um, really transformed like her whole body of work was around owning our sensuality, owning our femininity, owning our pleasure, right? Our bodies are literally capable of two times the capacity of pleasure as men, yet our society and the way that we've been raised and told and all that, like we put our pleasure last. And so I, I had this huge awakening of kind of coming coming to the truth of who I am inside this body of work around sensuality and femininity and emotionality and all that sisterhood, like, and it healed me 
it healed me. And I like looked around to the other side of my world. And I had all these friends who are making six, seven figures who are like at the top of their game in power, fucking powerless, like so powerless. And like, it is, I feel the tears inside my own body as I talk about it. Like I can't stand seeing so many women who have like achieved this level of power, but feeling miserable. Right. And like, I'm really, really committed to changing that because I know the medicine and I know, like, I know it in my own body. And I want every single woman to have that, right. I want her to have the success. I want her to have the, the, the recognition and the respect and all of those things, but not with, by sacrificing herself. And so for me, I believe that femininity, pleasure, intuition, our fucking pussy power, like it is just like, it is, it is our secret weapon that as women, like we are the world's creators. We can create babies if we want to. We have the creative power. There is not one thing in this world that is man-made that did not come out of a woman. And yet it is the thing we let go of, we shy away of, we shun, and we put to the side to reach this other amount of success when it's our actual superpower. So I'm really committed to bringing our superpower into the places that they don't normally go, work, family, everywhere in life. Mm. Well, fuck yeah, mic drop. Mic drop. Oh, so good. So good. There were so many amazing things in there. And you've talked about sisterhood and community a couple of times, like you've, you've touched on it. And I'm curious, did you, you know, there's a lot of talk about the sisterhood wound, the sister wound, and this feeling of women either feeling less than when around other women or feeling too much when around other women or triggered by other women's success or feeling judged by other women or in comparison, how, how do we shift that? I, you know, it does come, we have like very ancient wounds around that, you know? So, um, they come from like school, you know, so we're still carrying our, our childhood wounds around school inside of the workplace. Um, so I believe we change that of getting together and women and having spaces where we can tell our truth. So like, you know, at this point I've worked with hundreds, maybe thousands of women who, who, on the outside look a certain way and are having many markers of success and also are struggling and also, right? So it's not until we start to see everyone's whole picture and create spaces of safety where we can tell that story, like we, it's gonna be hard to build it. So it's really about getting in those spaces um, creating new practices, right? We are like, we are very much a culture of bonding on complaining. And that is the thing It's like, oh, this sucks or where like that sucks too. And I had a really bad day, right? Like that's where we, but like, that's where we tend to focus on and how do we start to shift the conversation on focusing how we celebrate each other? You know, like what I say a lot in my groups is like, if she can do it, I can do it. You know, we talk about bragging, we do bragging in every, in every, you know, circle and every coaching client, right? Because bragging is a way to celebrate ourselves. And if she can have the successful career and a life she loves, I can do it too. Right. So it's just, it's a way of um, bringing more examples to each other, but, but it's a big, it's a big wound we're healing. Mm. Yeah. So what do you tell the woman who's like, I hear all of this and I want to build sisterhood and I want to build community, but I don't connect with anyone in my town or in my, you know, direct life right now. How do I find those people? Come to me, come to you, come to spaces of women that are, are, um, where, where women are 
speaking about these things where there are containers that are built for this there's it is a movement and they are happening all over right so there are spaces that are happening a lot of times too um it's like our old circles we, it's ready we're time to evolve for our old circles and so it's like that awkward moment of like oh the women around me were all complaining or like i can feel it but i don't know where to go so following your own um intuition or guidance i'm like where are circles or who do I want to become and where are women that are like that, right? Finding the places that you can surround yourself with the communities. Yeah, for sure. I know my closest people, when I started moving through that, I was also starting to build my business and I was investing in masterminds and some of my friends from those original masterminds are still my friends. Like those women, we have bonds and they live in Australia and they live in Canada and they live all over the world. And sometimes we've been able to meet up and some of them I've never actually hugged in real life. Like yeah. the power of that, especially right now, I know, you know, technology and zooms and all the things, Instagram, like they get a bad reputation, but I really feel like when we are intentional with how we use the technology that it can create such community, such bonds, such support and sisterhood that really anything is available at this point in time. Totally. And, and it, there's something what I want to say is like, it's kind of, there's self-work in it. And then there's like the communities you surround yourself with. So I remember when I was first like stepping into this work where sisterhood was new, um, it was, I needed to be in the circles of the containers. But once I started to get it in my system and realize what was possible, I then brought that to my old friends. And I brought a new way of thinking, but it didn't happen until I changed internally. Yeah. And, and that's why I would say the self-work, like we get to step into that and then we get to be the permission. I'm a huge permission giver, permission granted. That is a giant word and theme for me is, is do your own work and be, be the woman that you know that you were always meant to be and be curious so that you can be the permission for the other women in, in your world. Someone has to go first and why not you? Exactly. Why not you? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you said something earlier too, about alluding to this idea of having it all. And it's also something that I love talking about. How do we have it all? And I love that you are a mama because I feel like you can really speak to the mamas out there too. Cause I get a lot of women with stories that, well, you can have that Sam, but you don't know what it's like to have kids. And I honor and respect that experience. And I'm really excited for you to, to speak on that. So for the woman who's like, I want to have it all. I want to have joy and I want to have pleasure and I want to have sex and I want to have the career and I want to have the accolades and I want to have deep intimacy and I, I want to have my kids. A, is it possible to have all of this? Yeah, it's, it's so funny when I can hear you talking, it's like, and I speak about this a lot and I kind of hate, there's like something about it. It's like, you can have it all. So let, therefore, like, let me pressure you to like, make you feel like you don't, you're like not doing it good. Right. Like what is actually having it all is like having a fulfilling life. Right. For me, what having it all for me might mean something different than it is for you. Right. And kind of being compassionate. Right. So I have a, I have two kids. I have a seven-year-old, 13-year-old, and it's just like, I, you know, there's the reality there's having it all. And I take care of myself and there's moments where I got my kids come first and there's moments like, and I have a beautiful career. I have a very, very successful career. And there's moments where I get stressed out and there's moments, right? So it's like, there's having it all like the society image. And then there's like having it all with compassion and reality. So like, that's the part that I care about. Like what does, if you're going to look at the areas of your life, friendships, partnerships, like kids, family, like what is, what is having it all? So I would really like 
have that person work with the women that I was working with, right? To like, look at what does it mean for me in each category to have it all? Yeah. So good. And it's that, it's that definition. It's defining what that is for you. And for me, that is fulfillment, freedom, and fun. And in different seasons of my life, that's going to look very different. I might be focused on a big push in my business and, and that's going to take a little bit more of my focus and energy versus a different season of my life where I'm really focusing on self and self-care and just being internal. And that's going to look different from another season that is outward focused, inward focused. And, and what I'm hearing you say is number one, we get to define what having it all means to you. Yeah. And the second piece of it is getting really clear that having it all quote unquote, doesn't mean that it's also not going to come with hardships. Yeah. It doesn't mean that shit's hard sometimes that you're like, kids like need more attention than you want to give them. Like, it's just like, it comes with reality, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. How do you, how do you balance living a joy filled, pleasure filled life and being a mom? Like, how do you model that for your kids? How do you navigate that as a woman who is committed to having all of the above? Yeah. Um, I, and I'm so grateful for the work that I sort of learned my earlier, like 10, you know, 10 years ago that has helped influence this. Um, but I put myself first, I have a me first parenting approach. So it's really, really important to me that my kids see a happy mom, um, versus a mom that's there 24 seven stressed out. So uh, my reason for prioritizing myself is for benefit of everyone around me. So I, you know, so it looks like my kid, like I love a morning practice. I don't start my day without a morning practice. My seven-year-old son, he knows how to pick cards. He knows how to use a pendulum. He's, he reads when I am meditating. Like he's like, mommy, are you ready for the morning practice? Like I have taught him that, right? So um, and especially raising a son, I want, like, I want my son to know what it's like to have an empowered mother. And so it, it, and then also what that means is I'll go away for a week and I'm not with him. I make choices that are around me some of the times and some of the times around him and some of the time, right. So it really kind of depends, but I do spend a lot of time on my inner world so that they, that's what they see. That is, that is beautiful. And I'm so grateful to have you as a model in my world because that, that is what I want to be committed to as well. Yeah. Yeah. And my son at two, um, he was calling all women goddesses. This is so cute. He used to walk around. He was like such a party favor. He would be like, mommy. Cause I would like call these women goddesses. Like she's a goddess. Every woman, like no matter who she was, any woman, I was, it was a goddess in my mind. And so like, he would be like, mommy, is she a goddess? And be like, she's a goddess. And he'd be like, hi, goddess. Like, mommy, is she a goddess? Hi, goddess. Like, and so he was like, it was amazing. But again, like, even that language of what he sees um, is just, he's exposed, been exposed to a lot. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's so good. How has this shift for you into this work shifted your relationship with your partner? Yeah. And it's constantly shifting, right? It's constantly, it's given me a voice to be able to express my needs and my desires in a way 
that gets to be, oh, this is what I wanted to say, that is like constantly changing. This is what I wanted to say about desires and I'll bring it back to. The thing about, I think people get like hung up on desires, like they can only have one or they can only say one and it has to be that thing. And then it can never change, right? Like we are living, breathing beings and what we, we might want something and then we like we arrive there and it might turn into something else or along the way it might become something else, right? So giving yourself the understanding and the trust that that we're evolving and there's no like end black and white thing that we are getting to, right? So giving yourself permission for it to be fluid. And so in my relationship, it has allowed me at different seasons of our marriage when I was, you know, pregnant versus when we, you know, versus when my son was two or right. Like there's like a lot of different stages in our marriage where, um, things would change. Our dynamic would change. He was more taking care of the kids. He was more working. I was right. Sort of it all depended and what I needed and wanted changed over time. So. And, and what do you say to the woman who is doing the work on herself, but her partner is not actively in, in the work, what advice do you give her? Cause I, I hear, um, women, concerned about working on themselves and not having their partner grow with them. So I'm curious if you have any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, it's, I guess compassion feels like a little big theme that I've said in a lot of times, but it's also the more you grow, the more you can bring it home. It's like when we're growing, we can't expect everyone else around us to grow. Sometimes we can model it. And because of that, they will evolve alongside of us, but being able to, uh, speak and bring your partner or your friends along, right? So um, giving your partner space. And a lot of it goes around communication, redefining things, being able to speak what you want and not get mad. Sometimes I find clients, they'll like have big awakenings and ahas, and then they become resentful at their partners and come back. And it's like, you're not doing this. And they're like, how do you actually raise them up? so that they can they can come and meet you right from a place that's not triggered but an empowered place so it's around communication um expressing what you need teaching them showing them all of it so it depends mm-hmm. on science not like here's a one one stop solution yeah. it really depends yeah how do you bring in that feminine leadership into the workspace, either for the women that are working nine to five, that are feeling that grind, that hustle, that like lots of masculine energy, or for the woman who is an entrepreneur, who is very structured in her entrepreneur life, but is seeking to call in that balance and more of that femininity? Yeah. So the femininity is being in tune with your, I find in tune with your emotions, um, in tune with how you create, you know, really looking at your body and your body's cycles and all of that, um, being able to, um, trust yourself and your intuition, being attuned to your senses, right? So for example, you're in a room, how we work, I work with emotions, right? Emotions are really critical signals of information. When we are triggered and get angry, there's usually a sign that a boundary has been crossed. So rather than like, so one of the things that I work with women, how do you deal with emotions, right? So they don't consume you and take over you. Like when you get a really shitty email and that like, how do you not get triggered for a week and like deal with it that like work through it in an hour, right? Like, so you, and then like fight and then respond, right? So we don't have a lot of like school and teaching on how to deal with emotions and they just like get us flat out, right? They, they trigger us and then we respond from a triggered place. So, so for example, like in the workplace, when you get angry, 
how do you take time to process it using, you know, somatic tools and a bunch of stuff so that you get, get, get empowered. And like, what's the gold? Ooh, that person crossed the line and shouldn't have said that. And I need to speak up for myself. Oh, I didn't say that thing. And this is what I need to say. And this is how I'm going to bring it back into the room the next time we have our meeting. Right. So it's like, how do you use it as a signal of information, learn to process it so then you can get the gold from it. I love that emotions as a signal. Mm. Yeah. 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 And a lot of the, um, emotional intelligence work I do, there's a lot of focus on mind and mindset and shifting and finding a different interpretation, which I think is really valuable and what, and I feel like it's also very masculine. So I feel like calling in the emotions, dropping into the body, being, being really in the body. And as you're saying, releasing and learning how to process, process that, allows us to drop into that feminine. So we're connecting the head with the heart and connecting the head with the heart, with the womb space. And, um, yeah, I just, I love this. I think it's so, so important. You said something about self-trust and how do you, if you had to give an answer of how do I build self-trust? What, what would you say to that? Such a hard question. I know. I'm going to come back to it. Hold on. But I want to say the other thing too. Please sensuality is, can be a scary word. I know this, right? So it's like, ah, sensual. When you actually break it down, being sensual is being attuned to the senses, right? So creating a sensual environment is like, how do you create a beautiful environment? One that smells good, that the lighting is good, that the workspace is clean, that the music is good, right? So there is a very like practical way to become more sensual is just starting to attune to your senses more. Right. So I just wanted to like break mm. that down because it can be scary. It's like, oh, I'm not that person. I'm not sensual. Right. But it's actually like, oh, how do I create an environment that actually activates my senses? And by activating my senses, immediately brings me more into my body. It, that's so good. And I know that you guys are listening with your ears. But as Stephanie's saying this, both of us are like moving yeah. our hips <laughs> and we're moving our ribs. And like, if you can feel that, if you can feel the, the like tone of her voice and the sound of that, like, I feel like that's also just another way is just how do I tap into every time I'm talking, I'm just constantly moving my body again, tapping into that. And I feel like there's so much truth in the body. It's what you teach. Um, and that can be scary going from the head to the heart, the head to the womb space. So scary. Okay. Now now the tricky question, how do you trust baby? Trust. Yeah. Is Let me think, how do I build more self-trust is just continuously put, well, for me, it was continuously putting myself into environments that were already safe and I could test out myself. So I am a real believer in being surrounded by women's circles. I lead women's circles. I have, I'm in a women's circle. I'm like, I am so, I'm like inside places that have that safe container where I could practice saying the thing or feeling, or like pushing my limits or like saying something that feels really edgy and like doing it and like letting other women respond to it and understanding, right? Like building my nervous system up to try things in a place that feels safe that like, I learned to be like, Oh, actually, when I say that thing, when I actually say my truth, this is what happens, right. Rather than letting my mind get into it. So it's like practice. Self-trust is practice is I guess how I'd answer it in this moment of, um, yeah. And being around others. This is where sisterhood. Really- yeah. I, I love that. I never um, have heard anyone speak of self-trust in that way, but I I'm, I'm hearing being in the environments where it's safe for me to practice, where it's safe for me to put yeah. on this new version of me or not put it on, but actually allow her to come out. I think that's 
that's powerful there. Yeah. And then the other thing is the more I got into my body, the more my body gave me information, right? So, and I'm sure you feel this way with dance, right? Like I do sensual movement as a, as a practice and as a like self-care practice. And it's almost always at this point, when I move my body in a way that is true to me in the moment, I'll be like, that's the next business move I need to make. That's the move, right? So the wisdom, the information that I need is coming more clearly through my body because of these practices. So I can hear more clearly from the inside, which is also like helps me build self-trust, right? It's not like I have to ask 10 people what my next move should be. I actually have to just go move my body and that will come. Go for a walk in nature and it will be like, aha. So, Mm, yeah. And you know, it's interesting because with the dance piece, I find that a lot of dancers, we know how to move our body. We know how to make our body fit a mold and fit a costume and fit this choreography. But I find that it's actually can be challenging for a lot of dancers to tap into their own truth and Mm. move the body from an intuitively guided space, because Mm. we are taught from a young age, this is how you're supposed to look. This is the way that you're going. And we're constantly taught to strive for perfection. So it's actually breaking down the perfection, breaking down what everyone else tells you you're supposed to look like and finding that connection, which has been a really interesting navigation um, for me personally. And for some of the other dancers that I know that have now moved into this space, Mm. Um, like, how do I move just so that it feels good? Like, what if my only goal is for me to feel good in this moment? Mm-hmm. And that's a huge practice. I think for most women is how do I move my hips so that it, it feels juicy? Yeah. Like I want to do this. And, um, yeah, that's been, it's been a really interesting journey for me. I actually had to end my career and then work through a lot of grief. And that's actually where I rediscovered that. Like my body was holding on to yeah. so much grief, as grief. you know, grief will, um, give you. grief will do that for you. Ooh, she broke me open. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like where I feel like we have very like so different, but similar, right. Where it's like for you, what you're talking about is how do I not just look good, but feel good. And I'm like, how do you not look good on LinkedIn, but feel good. Right. And you're like, how do I not look good in like, choreography, but feel good. Right. That is the journey. And, and that we're both on. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. So good. So Stephanie, is there a question that I haven't asked that you're like, women need to know this. Yeah. Um, women need to know that it's possible to live a life that really feels good. And women need to know that whatever you're feeling, whether you're like grief stricken right now or going through a hard time, that's actually really powerful tools. So right where you are is really, really powerful moment. If you open yourself up to that, right? So um, one, like there's a different way and that's possible. I promise. And two, like your grief, even your grief can be so incredibly powerful, has hold so much information for you and be gold for you. So um, I think the question and the sort of like leave is it's possible keep doing the work on yourself, keep surrounding yourself with women that you love and trust and people that you are feel aligned with. And, and you're going to start to shift your nervous system and you're going to start to shift your reality and you're going to start to shift who you surround yourself with. And it will, it will happen. 
Mm, so good. I feel like we could do a whole nother hour conversation on grief and the body, but oh you, I, I know. Right. But yeah. you mentioned, you've mentioned the nervous system a couple of times and I'm, I'm curious, do you have specific practices to support your nervous system that you could share? Or is it a more general experience of, for you in being in the work and creating safety? Yeah. So, um, just for a little context, I was an extraordinarily shy kid. Like I did not speak in college. I did not speak in my family. I came from a huge family. I was like always the quiet one. Like I was, I would hide behind my mom's leg when I was 17 and a foot taller than her. Like it was like horrifying. So I, I came, have come from a place of like deep nerves where my nerves would get a hold of me and hold me and block me from actually speaking, doing anything, doing so much. And so I have worked a lot inside my own body around getting my nervous system comfortable uh, with doing things that I deeply wanted, speaking in public, going out and building a company, right? Like all of these things. And so um, the, one of the ways that I've found has been really helpful is that is a, is, here we go again, here we go again with practice, getting yourself out and like learning that you're not going to die. Right. So like coming from someone who is deathly shy, like it was like, I will die. If I open my mouth, I will die. If I, if I say that thing or do that thing. Right. Like, so it was paralyzing. And so, um, I practiced and I fumbled around and I like, re, you know, I learned that I'm like, okay that felt weird, but I didn't die. Right. That like, so it's like, there's practice, 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 getting yourself out there. Um, then there's like specific body things like shaking, shaking your body. Right. Like, so if you find yourself sort of like really in a place of where you feel really nervous, can you shake? Can you just do a little shake your body? Can you do a dance break? Like get yourself back into your body. Right. So there are a number of things. And then there's the whole, like, um, working with like when we're in a trauma response and this is like a Again, pinpoint for another topic and another time. <laughs> totally. Like, you know, freeze, fawn, fight, whether no matter what trauma response is, using your senses to get back to your body. So if you are in one of those freeze moments or you're fawning to get back into the present, and one way to get back into the present is to look around you and to say, what do I see around me? What do I smell around me? Right. Really bringing back that full body experience to get yourself into the present. So it's like retraining our body and our nervous system that we are safe to do big things. We are safe to live that life. We are safe to go after the thing that feels scary. Right. So it's all that. Uh, Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that you have a retreat coming up. So if you want to share that, I would love for you to share. Yes. I'm so, so excited. It's going to be at my retreat center, a retreat center that we're just building two hours from the city, New York city. Uh, We're going to be doing a whole bunch of these feminine practices really to help women get clear on their desires to like really create and define what is that life that I want to live? How do I like step into that? How do I get clear on how to do that? Like using a whole lot of these practices, it's going to be so juicy and fun. And we have the most amazing chef. I'm just so excited. There's like, it's coming up in June, in June, June 8th through 11th. And uh, yeah, we're just, it's going to be a wild ride. I'm really excited. We'll make sure to put the links below. And then if you have any questions, where can people message you and find you? Okay. They can find me all over um, Instagram. I'm Stephanie Redler on Instagram. Also my company, Lioness Leadership. 
um, then find me on LinkedIn or lioness.com, all lioness. I'm all lioness over here. And I have a lot of really cool things coming up and would love for anyone listening to follow me and stay close and reach out if they want to talk about ways we could work together. Mm, I love it. You are amazing. I love your energy. I love everything that you stand for and how, how you are so committed to not only living your own life full out and in all the ways that really light you up, but how you are so committed to creating impact for other women. It yeah. is amazing and awesome. And, and the last thing I'll say is I, I love how authentic you are. I love that. You're like, this is who I am and you give no fucks. And I just, I so appreciate that. <laughs> Um, so my last question, of course, my last question for you is you're in an elevator, you got floor zero to 11 and someone jumps in the elevator with you. And they're like, Stephanie, how do I live my life full out? What do I do? Start listening to the voice inside you on what you want. Start getting clear on that and start asking people, start doing research, start looking around, start looking within, get clear on a life that you want and then go from there. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Jo Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.